Hey there, my name is John, and welcome to the episode 25 special of Beholding Out for a Hero, where the sidetrack is the main track. While we usually play D&D, today we're going to be answering some questions, going over some session questions that didn't quite make it into episodes, and just generally having a chat. Thank you for your continued listening, and if this is your first episode, you picked a weird one. Three, two, one, clap. Ooh, nice. Very clean, very crisp. The fact that I didn't hear a single clap might be a good sign. It might be a bad one. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back to not another episode of A Holding Out for a Hero, but a special, a little 25 episode special where we (laughs) don't play, yeah, a little treat. We don't play D&D this time, but we talk about playing D&D. So yeah, that's what we're going to do today. (laughs) Have you ever been like, man, they do too much stuff on this show, Beholding Out for a Hero. What if they just got sidetracked the whole time? (laughs) (laughs) This is for you. (laughs) Alrighty, so we had come up with a bunch of questions that we are going to ask both players and the DM in no particular order. So, here we go. We should introduce ourselves again yes. first. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a format, so forgive us. <laughs> if this is your first time listening, none of this will make sense. Go back to episode one, please. If this is your first time point. listening, I would like to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> if this is not your first time listening, you'll get to know us all. Anyways, uh... That was not a sentence. Let's yeah, try again. Clean. That was good. <laughs> get a clean I am take, Nico. Get a clean take. I am Nico, the DM for this campaign. <laughs> and we're moving on. <laughs> Hi, I'm John. I play Patches. Hey, John. Oh, I was trying to go for like a, a triple A thing. Not a triple A, a double A thing. But then nobody else said hi, John. <laughs> oh, I'm late. I, I play see. Kitty with an IE. <laughs> Oh my god, we are a disaster. (laughs) Hi, I'm Raina. I play Jam. (laughs) How is it harder when we're not playing (laughs) D&D? Well, because, like, normally we have, like, okay, here's a session question, and we can do any of that. Yeah, normally I have a script and stuff, and now I'm just, like, sitting here making bone jewelry. I was going to paint my nails, but then I was like, no, that's disrespectful. Like, I should be paying attention. <laughs> Five bucks says Nico's playing Red Dead. You know, I <laughs> was trying Steve to do really that quick. while editing earlier, and um, it was disastrous because I was too invested in Red Deading, and I wasn't listening to the audio that I was editing. So I had to a, had a, had a quit. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. So we have a list of questions. Should we go through them? We sure do, and we sure can. Question number one. (laughs) What do you think the lady in the beholder's mask is up to? I have been, every time we meet a new lady, I'm like, does she sound familiar? Because I really want it to be her. Because I really want her to be back. But it's never her. She was weird. She was kind of creepy. And like, but she like, she took someone with her, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, that's a really weird thing to do if you're just there to, like, loot the place. So I feel like 
she might even be connected to like our current arc with like all the all the you know slaving and human trafficking and stuff like that so like i'm almost like more like inhuman trafficking (laughs) yeah (laughs) half human (laughs) um but yeah so i i don't know i just feel like she's definitely connected to something bigger but i hope we run into her again she was a freak (laughs) clearly she was targeting whoever she grabbed because it was mostly just that person and random stuff Mm -hmm. we have no idea who she took so i don't think that we can really yeah (laughs) yeah we didn't care and that was a problem (laughs) yeah (laughs) i i personally think it has to do with the sharon watch well that we never discovered what that was all about Mm-hmm. Because they had mentioned something about human experiments or something like that, right? Yeah, continue the experiments in the Sharn Watchwell. Which we still don't know what that even is yet either. Like, we've had a few ideas, but we've never really, like, been able to figure it out. <laughs> Let's see if we go back to Sharn. <laughs> we have <Yeah>. to! <laughs> we also asked on reddit.com for, uh, some people to submit questions for this and uh this one is from caffeinated sloth and it's what is your favorite part of D?" and uh i'll go first i think that that's an extremely broad question so <laughs> to get more specific i think that my favorite part of D is the collective storytelling part of it where we're all almost with the exception of the dm we're all like equally putting ourselves and our ideas into the world that we're making um and i love that you know that ties into role playing and stuff but also my dnd sin is that i love combat and not everyone does and i get that but i i love smacking stuff <laughs> that's another good follow-up question too is what is your dnd sin <laughs> um my favorite part of D&D is kind of the same as John's. It just I love telling stories. I love discovering stories and like especially character-driven stories. Um and it just like it I don't know, there's like something about it. I think it's like especially if you play with unhinged people like we do. Um it's <laughs> like akin to uh playing pretend on the playground when you were a kid, which was like my favorite thing to do and so i don't know it just like it scratches an itch that i think like as i grew up i missed a lot and didn't really know it um and so it just i don't know it warms my heart <laughs> my D sin i'm self-centered it's also my real life sin <laughs> <laughs> and i hate combat <laughs> I agree. Obviously, I mean, that's how all of us play it, right? Like, we're all, we all love the role play. We all love interacting with each other. Um, I'm, I love character creation and character growth in just about everything. So being able to do that in D&D and see everybody go through that is, mwah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My character's in, I coming from a world of video gaming, I'm a min-maxer at heart, so I try very heavily not to do that. 
or I have to try very heavily not to do that whenever we play. I have to be like, no, I'm rolling random stats because I'm going to try to min-max this too much <laughs> uh, if I don't. <laughs> I feel that so much. That ties into my love of combat. Is like, I want to make a character who's really good at it. Mm -hmm. So this is probably a stupid question, but I'm still very new to this, to everything about this. What is min-maxing? I've never, I've never been able to figure it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm too scared to ask. <laughs> it's just like optimizing. Yeah. Like, okay. because I'm an artificer, I need my best stat to be here and my worst stat to be here just mm -hmm. to make sure I do the best I can and wherever I need to do the best at. It's like getting the most return out of the least input. Yeah. It's sort it. of where the term comes from. But Got generally it. okay. it's just making a character that's optimized to do something really well. Okay, please edit that out. I don't want to seem like a fool on the internet. <laughs> it's we already do that every week. You edit that out. I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> I asked nicely. Yeah. I Please, <laughs> I, I'm just a noob. <laughs> it's why we're all still learning D and D rules. I'm still learning D and D rules from John every other session. Um. <laughs> yes, all hail John, the rules lawyer. Thank you so much for keeping us on track. <laughs> John, the walking encyclopedia. <laughs> it's what I'm good at. Um, yeah, I think unsurprisingly, um, my favorite part of D and D is also just like good character interactions be it between pcs or uh solid role and play. NPCs and yeah um so very similar to everyone else unsurprisingly um my D, &D sin probably has to be that i'm bad at voices <laughs> <laughs> i don't think that that's a sin i think most people who play DD &D don't do you know character voices and stuff and I refuse to try. That's the that's the that's the real sin there. <laughs> you know what? You at least like you put the like emotional emphasis on it. Yeah, I commit to the acting. Enough. I do not commit to the voices. They still yeah, feel like fair. distinct characters, even if they don't have distinct voices. You know, like we I'm can glad. tell when it's Izzy immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John's the only one who's actually good at voices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is I true. Have, yeah. I have my like emphasized southern twang and that's about it. <laughs> Alrighty. Next question. Yeah, hit us with the next question. Yeah, this one coming in from uh Patches Lover 420. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh who are some of your favorite D D players? Like in Like actual play? I don't know. That's what the question says. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of them, but um, John, Nico, and Reyna are my top three. Uh, oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> my answer is yeah. way less flattering. Yeah. Same. It's, it's mostly just like out of our group, like when you're talking about quote unquote professionals, the only ones I kind of follow are Critical Role. Um, yeah. But I feel like they that's count? such a. Same. Who's your favorite Critical answer? Role member? Oof. Mine is gonna have to be Travis. <laughs> I get that, yeah. I think Travis is like such a good, like balanced player. Like he he's really able to balance like proficiency in combat and proficiency in character. And mm -hmm. like I mean, all of them are naturally, but I don't know. I feel like Travis shines in it a bit more. 
Plus, he loves being silly goofy and not just, like, serious all the time, which I always appreciate. Mm. <laughs> Here, Here's something I would add to that, actually, is I think Travis is always kind of two things. One, he's always just so fine with whatever happens to his character. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. two, he is always willing to take a back seat, you know, and let other people do mm-hmm. stuff and have their characters go through things. And he's always invested in that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really important, especially for like an actual play creator. Mm-hmm. But just as a player, I think that that's such a good trait to have is to be so excited about your friends doing things and not having to jump in. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was going to say same. I think for players as an actual player, um, Travis and Ashley in that group have the best reactions just watching them watch their friends play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Ashley's reactions slay me. I'm just <laughs> like the faces she makes are just hysterical. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. Mine is I'm not a, as much of a Critical Role fan. I'm a Dimension 20 fan. Arguably worse. And um, <laughs> my absolute favorite D&D player of all time is Lou Wilson. Yeah, that's and that's the right that answer. man shows up every season i already loved him from like fantasy high fantasy high season two but the thing that sold me on lou wilson as being the best role player like in my opinion in the world uh is a crown of candy season one the amount of emotional depth and like commitment and still levity and humor he brought to that campaign is just insane it was amazing i love lou wilson as a player mm-hmm. i also just love lou wilson as a person so he does just like i want i just want to give him a hug honestly <laughs> like every time i see him i'm like i just i'm just like overcome with like emotions like i just want to give you the biggest hug and tell you like you deserve good things like and I'm not even like that big of a Dimension 20 fan, so it's hilarious to me that I feel so strongly. <laughs> he just has an energy to him. He just like knows he's cool, you know? Mm-hmm. I saw a TikTok on how he rolls dice. He doesn't even look when he does it. He just kind of limply tosses it into whatever he's doing because he's like, <laughs> the dice will react because they know I'm cool. They respect me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wish that were me. <laughs> Wish my dice respected me. <laughs> Every single D20 person has a specific way they roll dice, and it's so funny seeing people do an impression of it and being like, no, that's 100% right. Dude, Sam just drops his die. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) He doesn't even, like, shake it in his hand. He just drops it. (laughs) I have seen that. I'm like, Sam, are you rolling them good, bud? (laughs) This is how he ends up with, like, the same numbers multiple times in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get a better trajectory. Nico, yeah. who's your favorite? Uh, when my first reaction to this uh, was probably one of my own players in my other campaign, Susie, because, you know, she's just absolutely fucking feral and <laughs> it always throws me off the my DMing track in the best possible way. <laughs> she's like, uh, she's like your Emily Axford. I don't know who that is. 
Brennan once described, she's one of the D20 people. He once described her as one of the best D&D players he's ever known and was also sent from hell to kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that sums it up. <laughs> Would you like to give them context, Nico, as to the most recent escapade? <laughs> yeah. I want to hear this. So the, the beginning of last session... Um, Actually, no, it was in between sessions. She just sends out a message uh, regarding one of my NPCs, uh, who is a very serious character who threatened to kill them the first time they met, and uh, goes strong with saying he's lost all of his authority, he's baby girl now. (laughs) (laughs) And then top of the last session we just recorded... Was I was like, yeah, you know, I still can't with, uh, you know, you call this NBC baby girl. Uh, it sends me into hysterics, and she's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need the checklist, and I was like, what? <laughs> she's like, I need the baby girl checklist. She sends me this, the baby girl checklist photo. It looks like a like a one page Microsoft Word photo, and then like walks us through the checklist as to why he's a baby girl, and like he checks every single one of those off and I'm like, I guess he's a baby girl now. That's amazing. I love that. It's so good. It was hysterical. (laughs) And that's why I was like, Susie needs to join us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe. We'll see, we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) She did say she was interested, so I'd love to see how Susie, I mean, if she's this feral, I think that that makes it (laughs) gonna be a good fit. For context, the character that she plays is a frog. Not a frog humanoid, a frog. He is a seven-inch frog who, you know, it's like, it's a specific species, the one that p- produces hallucinogenic mucus. That's the frog that he is. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Have I told you guys about my frog warlock before? No. <laughs> he's a megalomaniacal frog. Uh, he's a grung. Um, and he was a sailor, but then his ship got destroyed by the kraken, but he thought it, he did it. Um, and he became a warlock of the Kraken, thinking he's a sorcerer. And now he's convinced that he's going to rule the world and be extremely evil. Um, oh and he disguises himself as a gnome. And his name is Not Frog. K N O T T P H R O G G E. Not Frog. Oh my god. <laughs> of course. Of course. I'm usually a DM. I can only play fucked up little guys. It's the law. (laughs) (laughs) So next question. Some of these uh, we submitted ourselves. Of all the NPCs we've pissed off, who do you think is the least likely to turn out to be the big bad? Yeah, I would like to hear your answers on this. Oh, boy. Um, I would love to say a Drazen, but I feel like that's such a good rug pull to make him super evil. No, it would evil. 100% be a Drazen is the problem. <laughs> Izzy. I think, yeah, I think it might be Izzy. I was going to say um, that one guy who works at the Tiki Bar. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the thing is, he's so obsessed with the Undying Court potentially that he would want to like sacrifice people to i don't know that's true yeah i guess you could say it either way mm-hmm. i just think because izzy is so upfront about her nefarious deeds <laughs> makes me think if she was the big bad we'd know already she would have bragged about it yeah <laughs> that is true that's very accurate mm-hmm. i also feel like izzy is comfortable where she's at and has no higher aspirations 
Although, I guess it is worth asking where she gets her meat. Is she getting it from this slave trade? You she never asked. She says it's, like, ethically sourced, right? Yeah, what does she, she think she, is ethical? She claims it's locally sourced. Locally yeah, she never sourced. said ethically. That's somehow worse. <laughs> At least she's not saying they're, like, brain-fed. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, because she... But I guess that doesn't totally exonerate her, because don't the the group that we're trying... Like, we're currently after right now, don't they... Like ship to Sharn. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't sure think do. she'd be in charge of it, though. I think she might be. You yeah, know, she wouldn't benefiting. be the big bad. Maybe like a, you know, a small fry. Yeah, a small fry. Like the cleaner instead of the mastermind. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Gotta get rid of the meat somehow. <laughs> and you know, I mean, it could be worse. <laughs> There's no crime if you eat the body. Yeah. <laughs> Gandhi said that. <laughs> One of his many famous quotes. Mm-hmm. And our uh, next question. Um, where are we? Our next question uh, comes from Big Steve. And uh, it is, what is the worst circumstance to see train Waluigi again? You skipped one, bud. I can't read. It's all right. We can do that one first. We'll cycle back to it. <laughs> Sorry, could you That's repeat a good the question? One. I skipped a good one. What's the worst circumstance to see Train Waluigi again? I'm gonna say at <laughs> at um, Velvets <laughs> at the Tyrant's headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> That like would be pretty bad. Yeah, him like walking out of a room and seeing all of us. <laughs> I would simply scream. <laughs> and he turns into Nyx. I, I would leave the campaign immediately. <laughs> the kill switch. <laughs> Patches has never met Train Waluigi, so I think it would be really funny if Train Waluigi like, was a member of the Wingless Crows. <laughs> so we go meet up with the Wingless Crows and Train Waluigi is there. Oh, no! <laughs> I think... It would be if we took up some mission uh, for some rich person to do something, like protect them or whatever, and it ended up being Train Waluigi. Oh yeah, that'd be pretty bad too. Actually, I've got a better one. The worst circumstance to see Train Waluigi is in real life. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's like seeing the Babadook or something. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like... It's the boogeyman. I think I asked this before, Nico, but I'm going to ask it again because it's mm. been... I'm looking at all the dates on my notes. It's been a year since we've started recording, which is, like, oh. insane to me. Um, oh. Because, nice. yeah, our session one was on June 3rd, 2022. That's when we recorded our first session. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, which is, like, insane because I totally thought we started in September. <laughs> but... You no, know, it does feel that way. I, I think that's when we started publishing the episode, or like oh, posting the episodes. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. We did also have a couple of recorded, not a one-shot, but like a four-shot or something, right? Session zero, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. My friends call that an espresso. Because <laughs> it's just a few shots. Oh, my... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Might have asked this already, but... If Train Waluigi, sorry. If, if Train Waluigi looked up 
and spun around in circles really, really fast, would he take off in flight? <laughs> Most certainly. <laughs> what I'm hearing is patches can spin him hard enough to send him into orbit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so next question comes from Sir Pantsalot. And it is, what was the inspiration for your character, or how did your character creation start out? Who wants to take this first? I think Elaine should go first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to hear it. I've, I think I've already mentioned this once before, but I don't know if yeah. it made it into the recording. Yeah, I don't um, it did. But basically, I was and still am very much a giant fan of the Borderlands series. And one of my friends was running a roll for shoes one shot, and it was Borderlands themed. Uh, I ended up making Kitty at that time. Um, Carly was an NPC that we adopted as a figurehead of the NPC or of the one shot. Uh, Nico played batteries, like a very killing machine robot. <laughs> and when we started coming up with beholding stuff I was like man I really liked Kitty and Kitty is so much what I am not a cannibal no no all the other things <laughs> all the other things <laughs> everything else about it. everything else yeah. yeah I have chewed on myself before but that's a different story <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so basically Kitty the was a tried to not off her arm one time <laughs> no I was like I was making a joke and there was a ramen flavored called Oriental. So I chewed on myself and I was like, I don't taste this. It doesn't taste like anything. Oh my god. <laughs> That's a solid That's bit. Worse. I like that. <laughs> so my original idea for patches came from a different Eberron campaign where the idea was vetoed because it was a little too silly. Um, but I wanted to be like an actual, like regular sized teddy bear. I, I, really, I went and found that race later and I was like, I should have just made patches this. But um, I found a teddy bear race that I thought was really funny. So I wanted him to be a teddy bear and then use the barbarian subclass. So when he raged, he would turn into a real bear. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and um, my DM said, I don't think I could let you just be a teddy bear because every conversation will start out with saying, are you a bear? <laughs> I said, That's fair. Yeah, that makes sense. And then from there, I just thought of the aesthetic of Patches. Like, I was able to bring this idea back. And I was like, I think it'd be really funny if he's like a grizzled mercenary, but his colors and magical theming and all that are really come from like a young girl's imagination. So he's trying to be taken seriously. And to a degree, I mean, he is taken pretty seriously. But if you ever see his face, he's a pink teddy bear. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean... The whole, I think what I love about Patches is that he does come across as some four-year-old's, like, imaginary, you know, like, she's playing pretend, and it's like, yeah, this is our, you know, mercenary lead, <laughs> Patches. Like, it does sound like it came directly from a four-year-old. <laughs> that's, that is kind of the vibe I wanted it to give off, is like, I have two nieces myself, so just hearing how they think has really inspired me. I have three nieces. I lied. <laughs> I forgot I about two nieces I see regularly. I was thinking of them. 
last but not least, Reina. Um, so I'm still very new to D and D, and as it shows. Um, and so Jem was my very very first character ever, and um, when I played back in Elaine's campaign back in like 2020, and uh. I'm just, you know, a big advocate of women's wrongs. <laughs> and all of my all of my female characters, whether written or played, kind of uh, embody that vision. And uh, with Jem specifically, originally she and Nix had already been married and they were just divorced. <laughs> or like pending divorce. But the, I was like, no, it's funnier if it like if she just, like, jilted them at the altar. Uh, and the compulsive lying part of it, I mean, I think just... I think it's just, to me, it's a very, like, interesting quirk. I think I saw it in a, in a list of, like, character flaws, and I was like, yeah, that's the one that I want. <laughs> so, it was, I think it was either that one or can't read. The one that will cause the most trouble. Definitely. And, like, I love, you know, just straight-facing, like, complete outright lies. Um, <laughs> so it's always, you know, that's why she's always posing as, like, a lawyer or a cop or something. So it's like, you would not trust this woman with any sort of service job, much less one in the interest of public safety. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna ask Nico t to give us the inspiration for one NPC. Oh yes, yes. Um... What inspired a Drazen? <laughs> <laughs> so a Drazen um, was inspired by a, a, a character, but then it had quickly become kind of his own thing because um, he was just so easy to pick on. So he just became just this loserly sad man <laughs> just a completely meow meow for mm, sure <laughs> a complete departure from the original character which uh was was not that um it's anybody else who's got because like I, I i'm hesitant to say a little too much about inspiration lest it reveal plot Oh, fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Do you have any that are like completely out there, like not inspired by? It? <laughs> you know. I, like... Oh, I guess I can talk about um, Perrin and Illidan because they're not coming back. I'm just gonna tell you that now. That if, if they are coming back, it's gonna be in very small quantities. Um, they were uh, the two of them were my character and my sibling's character in our first D&D campaign and uh, were initially just self-inserts of we're learning how to play Dungeons and Dragons and then um, with more time and more backstory had become um, the opposite twins anime trope mm -hmm. <laughs> of one's the 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 peppy do-gooder and then the other one's the serious glasses character um and uh yeah that's that's where they are right now Ooh, speaking of them can i ask a question not on the sheet sure 
What happened to the baby dragon? Um, they uh, can't tell us. It's spoilers. It's coming back. <laughs> Episode <they>, forty three. <laughs> to the best of their knowledge, had done what they uh, had set out to do: find the dragon, uh, either back home, led it, led it back home, or to a similar environment where it could have home. Hmm. They didn't keep the dragon. Oh. I actually have um, a question to add if it's, you know, that's not on her. I don't think it's on her sheet. I don't think I put it in. Again, I can't see it. Um, But um, I guess my question for the cast is, um, what is your, like, character goal for this campaign? And, like, it doesn't have to necessarily be related to their backstory, uh, but just kind of, like, what are you hoping to achieve with your character through the course of the campaign? My goal with patches is to make you cry. <laughs> oh, that's guaranteed. Someone just... is going to cry. Yes. Okay. yes, all of you. I don't know. That's going to be tough. I don't know, because like me and Elaine are no. not super emotional no. people. <laughs> guaranteed. Guaranteed. Did you cry, Nico? Uh, I was the one scheming up the stories, so, um, I don't know. He didn't even cry at the end of Red Dead Redemption 2, so, like... That's true. He did, it was just because he couldn't ride horses anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I think when it plays out, it's going to have much more impact than how I have it on paper for now. That's fair. Mm -hmm. It is not very easy to make me cry, but we'll see. I guess we'll see. It's true, we don't have a bunch of people who are... Who We're not mostly. a very emotional bunch, I don't think. Which yeah. is like, it's fine. <laughs> it will be very tragic, though, as John requested. And we, we love it! <laughs> I love tragedy, <laughs> just not when it happens to me. <laughs> Elaine, do you have any goals for Kitty? Uh, I just wanted to... Um... Like the reason I used Kitty and I didn't make a new character is because I wanted to be able... Because, um, like, I knew most of the people coming in. John was the only person I hadn't met before. But at the time, when I was deciding who to play, John wasn't in our group yet. There was somebody else um, who ended up dropping out before we started recording. But um, I knew everybody. I trusted everybody and, like, how they played. Um, so, because normally I'm... I play with people who are a bit newer to role-playing, so I usually have to play like the responsible person, the person who keeps everybody on track. But this time I was like, nah, I get to go chaos wild. <laughs> I just get to have fun with Kitty. Here for a good time, not a long time, you could say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm fully prepared for Kitty to die, just because of her being... um a little too unhinged. <laughs> the way that she is. Yeah, we. I think we all got a glimpse of that when you open fired on a guard from inside a cell. <laughs> like, what? I was genuinely no. like, Kitty is straight up going to die. <laughs> Dude, same. That scared me a little. I was like, I'm not prepared for Kitty to die right here. <laughs> Kitty, as a character, really wants to get home as soon as possible. But Elaine, as a player, is expecting Kitty to die before she makes it back. Oh, That'll be interesting. 
my goal with Jem, and I've told Nico this multiple times, <laughs> and I do bring it up often, is um, my, obviously, like, the first goal is, like, figure out, you know, her backstory and get through all the various messes she's gotten into herself into, right? But then the secondary goal is get herself a rebound. <laughs> <laughs> And the tertiary goal is to date every criminal we meet. <laughs> One of every kind. <laughs> One of every kind. And I'm doing pretty good so far. I have three. Speaking of, <laughs> that segues very well. Um, that segues very well into the next question. What's Jem's body count? In parentheses, bed or behead. <laughs> and that comes to us from Tickle Monster 9000. Oh my god. We've never actually come up with like a... Who should? Okay, no wait. I want everyone to give their estimates first. <laughs> uh, how old is she? <laughs> She's 170-ish. I can't open my notes at the moment, but... <laughs> okay, okay, 170-ish, okay. Like, yeah, I think 172, maybe. Like, in that in that range. But she was, you know, only recently exposed to the world. Like, the blight that she is, so... Didn't we also recently roll for a number of, like, how many heads how many of heirs? houses? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did I write that down, though? <laughs> I think given just time, Jem's bad body count is probably in in the 50s thank you maybe not bad actually i don't know if she'd get that far <laughs> i just think she has commitment issues so maybe in the 30s yeah i was gonna say the commitment issues is really what's stopping her mm. she does have a lot of commitment issues <laughs> i was gonna say 30 30s to 40s okay elaine <laughs> best guess I feel like Jem talks the big talk, but doesn't fully go through with it. <laughs> like, maybe you've dated, like, a couple hundred people, but maybe you haven't gone all the way w with all of them. Like, maybe, like, in the 20s. Okay. Yeah, so, like, ranging from 20 to 40. Nico and I haven't come up with an exact number, but... I also agree she has severe commitment issues, but she also has a severe rebellion issue. Because um, this is basically, like, her <laughs> wild and out era, you know? She's like a party girl, so I would probably put it in, yeah, like the 50s, honestly. <laughs> Just because, like, I don't think there's a lot of commitment there. I think she's a, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that makes That makes sense, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, long-term dating, only like less than five, for sure. I would say only two. <laughs> I have names for both of them. Uh, but whamming and bamming and thank you, mamming, uh, <laughs> yeah, 50 plus. <laughs> and for beheading, quite a few. Beheading, I think, is an unfair question. I mean, beheading in a non-literal sense, probably very many. Yes. Beheading in a literal sense, probably... She's elf got the noodly arms. elf arms. Zero. I don't think it's happening. 
This one uh, comes from Ninja Potato Chip, and they would like to ask, has Katie met anyone in the show that she really wants to eat? (laughs) So I think that... Should I respond first or should I let you guys think about it? Oh yeah. I don't think I'd have an answer. I think out of respect, Izzy. (laughs) (laughs) Out of respect? Yeah. Yeah. I could see I could see, you know, Kitty being like, Well, I want, you know, your body to be useful when you die. And you know, (laughs) Izzy also being like, Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Unfortunately I could quickly see that happening. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. Respect. Maybe train Waluigi. <laughs> the way that I think about it, right, is that Kitty doesn't eat people because, like, oh, they look yummy. It's like a she's not, not Hannibal waste... Lecter out here. She's just looking for food. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a let's not waste the meat that's there because meat is scarce. So you kind of just take what you get. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. More like Rump 2024 asks, have the players missed anything cool without spoilers? If so, what? Ooh, have the players missed anything cool? So is there any are there any doors that we've closed that we cannot open? Yeah. Uh I think the the big one that comes to mind is the the two people you turned over during the party and you didn't like talk to them at all that was the only like significant thing that i had planned that you i was like just a hundred percent glossed over i was like okay (laughs) we're moving on um yeah i was uh, he he told me about that like shortly after it happened he's like i was expecting you guys to interrogate them yourselves i'm like we're literally in like my boss's house. Why would we be doing the work? <laughs> <laughs> We're such like a blase, like apathetic group. It is really funny to me that all of us are like, eh. <laughs> do we they just care? weren't not hot really. enough. Is the simple answer. <laughs> Well, all of us were just like, we're not getting paid to do this. We're not going to do it. <laughs> Can you tell us what you messed out on, or would that be spoilers? Um, you would just get more information about that whole situation. It, it, like, not spoiling. They would have just, you would have known more about what have, why the, the, the situation played out as is. Mm. But not, like, what group they were part of, things like that. You would have learned a little bit about them, yeah. Besides that, I think you've only, y'all only missed, like, small things. Besides that, I'm, I'm looking at my notes here. I do remember you telling us um, about the, the fleshy monsters. That we missed something with them. Because we, like, th- there was one that was, like, resistant, right? Like, magic mm-hmm. resistant. And I remember you telling me, like, we missed something with that. Because it was like, oh, you should have, you know, kept it. But then you just, like, let them die. <laughs> forgot what I had planned for that. Next question comes from uh, Meme Lord Supreme. You gotta change that username, man. Uh, Does Patches breathe? No. Next question. (laughs) Uh, This one comes from Shrimp Ninja 69. Nice. Did we already have one from Shrimp Ninja 69? 
No, we had um, potato chip so. ninja, didn't we? Oh, that's right. There's, we got a lot Different of ninjas, ninjas. I, it appears. Um, is Jem a secret princess or something? <gasps> so, like, I've mentioned this, I think, offhandedly a handful of times. She's a rich kid, but she's not a princess by, like... She's from, like, a noble circle. Um, not that noble. <laughs> but, like, at, at this point, it's either been dropped or it's, like, been offhandedly mentioned. Um, so, yeah, it's, like, it's not anything, you know... No governments are collapsing because she's faffing about in Sharn. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, here's a good one. This from this one is from Clickwitch, and Clickwitch asks, uh, "What is your favorite moment for each character so far?" Oh, should we answer for not our character? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For for Kitty, I think the obvious answer is her existential crisis. <laughs> For Jem, Jem has had a lot of good moments. They're all heat. Thank you. Um, I mean, so are they with Kitty. It's just that one stands out so much, you know? <laughs> I think Jem getting drunk off her ass during the party was really funny. <laughs> we were supposed to be working and you were just drinking the whole time. No, and she wasn't drinking. Eating. It was it was stress eating. She got an upset stomach. She wasn't drunk. Oh, that's right. That's right. She stress ate so hard that she hurt her tum tum. Yeah, <laughs> she couldn't focus. <laughs> <I have> to <laughs> leave. <laughs> oh, my other favorite kitty moment—I just remembered this—is when there was that one like seer guy uh, in the in the cogs. <laughs> yeah, and Kitty just walked up and stole his orb and <laughs> tossed it in the lava. That, yeah, yeah that I was, was gonna really say that was moment. my favorite. One of my favorite moments where Kitty's like, "Okay, well, you're not doing what I want. I pull out my gun." <laughs> It's just such like a little kid move. We need to move. confiscate that. That needs to go. No explanation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I think definitely Kitty's like Kitty's temper tantrums in general <laughs> send me over the edge. <laughs> so, like, every, I feel like every single time I'm like, what are you doing? Which is like... <laughs> just sums up the you know sums up the dynamic between her and Jem so well because like when we designed our dynamic it was like yeah the cool babysitter and like the middle schooler that she has to watch after school every day (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, so anytime Kitty just goes off the wall like bonkers (laughs) just drives me into hysterics I love it so much (laughs) and as for Patches I have a favorite patches moment. The the whole Memphis menace. Yeah, thing. the whole Memphis menace thing was like I think I was just the whole time I was in awe was the thing because like since I'm not a fan of combat, um, I was just like so compelled the whole time, which is very rare for me when it comes to any sort of you know combat scene. It's just like not usually my thing and so I remember just being like in awe and like completely envious of your skill of like 
creating the scene and keeping it compelling, especially after my little like patty cake slap fight (laughs) in the the ring. So like the whole Memphis Menace arc was so good to me. (laughs) The Memphis Menace will go down as in history as one of my best character moments for sure. Yeah, (laughs) but honestly, like same thing. I think Patches has like every episode like has a good moment. So, like, it's very... That and when he raps, I think those two are my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I should make Patches learn another rap. No, he only knows one. Um, I would say my favorite Patches moment was when he started talking to Jem, like, real talks, because that was the first time it happened in our campaign that we weren't just being a silly, goofy group. Mm. And then it started actually tying yeah, us that, that, that in together. Yeah, that was a good together. moment, too. Yeah. I did love that moment. Yeah. That one has... A, I have a soft spot for that one as well. I think part of why I love that is um, in the Miki-Patches relationship, I think Miki kind of thinks of herself as the one who's in charge and, like, knows what's going on. But I think Patches kind of also thinks that of himself, you know? He's kind of a caretaker by nature. And so to him, it was like the two adults talking about what's really happening behind the scenes, you know? And so having that like... In the background eating the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Having that real connection, I thought was really good. And also something else I did love about that scene was um, how, you know, Kitty and Miki were able to create an evocative scene in the background as like... (laughs) just with a few lines. I always love that in like an actual play when you just throw in a few lines about what's happening elsewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was good. Me for Gem, it has to be just the train, just our entrance. The entrance. Oh yeah, Classic. that was a good entrance. God, that was so funny. <laughs> just taking down every bit of decor with me. <laughs> Such a good intro to the character. Mm. my favorite part one of my favorite parts of the train arc is when you guys are I mean it's a great intro to the characters but when you guys are talking to the twins and it takes you like a full episode to realize they don't actually work here (laughs) (laughs) like they just give you some kitchen wine to drink they let you burn your dress and they're like oh yeah by the way we don't work here and you're like oh that does make sense (laughs) we just thought they were really cool (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was good. Nico, what about you? What are your favorite moments? <laughs> uh, I was interspersing them between, but the only one who I've missed is Jem. And I think mm, favorite Jem moment. It's kind of hard for me. She's got so many good ones. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it always gets me whenever Jem is like walking around the places she knows and is paranoidly looking around for like anything that moves <laughs> and looking at it suspiciously always makes me chuckle <laughs> as a dm <laughs> i want to i want to give out an npc some npc moments i love um yeah. since we're doing it with player characters i adored when a drazen got a taxidermied eagle <laughs> and he was like don't make fun of me <laughs> And then my other favorite was when Izzy was at the pit fight because we were all like, yeah, that tracks. (laughs) Makes perfect sense. 
I would agree. Like Izzy being in the pit fight and all the realization for all of us all at once of like, are you for real? Like, of course she's here. <laughs> <laughs> the only human there besides you guys. <laughs> or the only non-monstrous person there besides you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and a professor from Memphis University. <laughs> <laughs> Just showing us around, being like, oh, yeah, sure, God. I can get you guys free entry. <laughs> I loved that guy. <laughs> that guy was so you cool. gave You breathed such life into that man within a few <laughs> seconds. Yeah, it was really, really good. <laughs> I was really impressed by that, honestly. <laughs> thank you, thank you. You know what? I'm going to transfer this into a different question, and then we'll go back. But um, who's your favorite NPC so far, and is there someone we met before that you would want to meet again? Now, personally, my favorite NPC is a Drazen. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just because he's just so... He's one of my favorite archetypes, which is someone so incredibly down on their luck, who's constantly getting razzed. <laughs> Like, I want nothing but for a Drazen to succeed, but I'm going to make fun of him relentlessly. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. Yeah. He reminds me of, and this is a big compliment, uh, Galir Faith from uh, Dimension 20 Fantasy High, who is similar in his patheticness, and he has, like, a crazy arc. And, oh my gosh, the... The parallels aren't all there, but just the having a character that's sort of a punching bag, but is really lovable, I just think is so endearing. (laughs) Yeah, I'll have to think about this one for a second. Sorry. Because like my favorite, I mean, I love Izzy, but is she my favorite? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Favorite, I'm not sure. The one I want to see again is because I'm just so curious about what's up with her is the the bold her mask girl. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, John, what's one you want to see again? Oh, um... I want to see Flint again. I just like him. Mm. Or the Raskin Bobbins employee. <laughs> oh, you'll see the Raskin Bobbins employee again. We go there all the time. That's going to be the BBEG. <laughs> if they're not, I'm going to be Customer service turned him. not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I think, honestly, yeah, like, one of my favorite NPCs is actually Smoke from the Tyrants. I'm just so compelled as to why some rando is in a group of changelings besides Jem. Like, Jem is a wackadoo, we know that, but, like, why is Smoke there? (laughs) You're like, he seems too sane. (laughs) Yeah, he just, like, that's the thing. He, like, doesn't doesn't check out. Yeah, he doesn't fit at all. And so... (laughs) Plus, it's like, that's my, I don't know what, what's after tertiary, but my fourth, my fourth goal is to become Smoke's best friend. <laughs> uh, and someone I, oh, but Lee, I forgot about Lee. <laughs> Lee is also really cool. Um, and yeah, so someone I want to see again, I want to see Lee, because she was awesome. <laughs> Oh, not to toot my own horn, but I think my favorite NPC has to be Carly. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't even talked to her yet. Well, you have You sent her a message. No, no, you you sent Doc a message. Oh. 
But I mean, like, pick up a feral child who doesn't even know how to speak? <laughs> Raise them into a half-functional human being? Emphasis on the human part? <laughs> human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. And just as a person, knowing how Carly is from outside of recorded sessions. Yeah. Carly's great. Our next question is, would your character have killed Ladrill, who is the elf lady that was in the arena that Patches helped escape, for money? And we know Patches' choice. Mm-hmm. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. I actually, I don't... I think it would have depended on, like, what direction we wanted to go with. Like, because if we wanted to help Ladrill, like, obviously help her. But if we wanted to, like, sidle up to these bad guys to kind of uncover, you know, like, more, like, subterfuge sort of approach, like, uncover what they were doing and then dismantle it, then, yeah, she would (laughs) have. What would Jem's go-to be? Because, like, you wouldn't have... Yeah. necessarily yeah. time to talk this over with the other group. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have counsel, what would her choice be? If we be? didn't yeah. have counsel, uh, I honestly, I'm not sure. Um, and I wasn't sure at the time. Because Jem's so, like, understanding of the business that she's like, it's not really my place to tell you not to kill people because that's literally what I do for a living. <laughs> so it's yeah, not she... personal. It kills her. <laughs> yeah, like I think that's Nothing what it would have ended up being. It's like it's not personal, but like sorry. <laughs> also, to clarify, I don't think Kitty would have killed for money specifically. But Kitty would have <laughs> for the still thrill. killed the drill. No, no, uh, because the group wants the money. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Ends to a means. Yeah. Like, Kitty herself doesn't really care about money, but right now Kitty knows the group wants money, so Kitty would have done it. I'm on T-Rex asks, <laughs> uh, what is your favorite running joke in the campaign? Does anyone have an answer? It's gotta be the fucking wet eagles. The wet <laughs> eagle is so good. Because it transcends not just the campaign, but all the one shots too. Yeah, yeah it really yeah, does. Yeah. And that's how good it is. <laughs> Thank you, fantasy name generators. <laughs> for, Shout out fantasy name generator. For your wonderful names that bring all of our campaigns such joy. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Patch's anatomy facts. Yeah, that one's pretty good. Oh, yeah, good. that's a good one, too. My gosh, all of a sudden I forgot, like, literally every single running joke we have. I think the bingo card, honestly. <laughs> bingo cards, yeah. The bingo, the bingo card is really hysterical. Good. <laughs> I need to make a new one for our, um, for our new era. That's mm-hmm. true, yeah. This one comes from Blorpus, <laughs> and they ask, Legolas, why N? Which I assume is yes, no, not Legolas, your name. I know, it's like, Legolas, your name? <laughs> I mean, like, if it was Legolas and me, I'm not complaining. Are we writing self-insert <laughs> fanfic with us and Legolas? Or, like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, yes, no to what? Just in general? Are you for yes. or against? Obviously. Yes, Legolas. Pro-Legolas, anti-Legolas? What kind of elf is Legolas? <laughs> Does it matter? Uh, wood elf. For for gem, it matters. That's a no. <laughs> <laughs> it 
his full name is Legolas Greenleaf, and Legolas in Elvish translates to Greenleaf. His name is Greenleaf Greenleaf. <laughs> oh my god, he could have been a part of our one shot. <laughs> <laughs> With everyone having alliterative last names? Yeah. He would have <laughs> Not easily just alliterative. Right next to Jack Jackson. <laughs> or Dan and Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next question comes from Liminal Space 1001, and they ask, is a Drazen kind of hot, or is that just me? It's That's just, just you. you. <laughs> <laughs> the synchronous. Uh, you just like just pathetic you. men. That's hysterical. Literally in my notes for session four, when we met a Drazen, I wrote, copper skin elf, in parentheses, not hot. <laughs> <laughs> that was before we were rolling separate d10s and i remember roll nika rolling and be like "Ooh, <laughs> no yeah my next my next bullet point after yeah. that is throws salt at us <laughs> <laughs> yeah canonically the gods have decreed that adrazen is not hot it's just it's you. just another way he's a pathetic meow meow <laughs> nika this one's for you and it comes from alex stalix and alex asks what is the biggest time the players threw off your plans? Ooh, biggest time. Uh, I think it has to be the the whole riot situation. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I was, I'm actually really proud of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was expecting them to try to either, like, talk or sneak their way out of it. Which, which I was like, okay, yeah, that's... I could see that. But the riot... <laughs> just throwing everything into utter chaos came out of left field and I was like yeah you know it works <laughs> <laughs> definitely not what I expected but it works I have to say I do love Jem being Patches' hype man <laughs> in the whole fight <laughs> that whole arc I think was such good character for everybody yeah, yeah it was <laughs> it's it really was. good um, this one comes from me could one of every Pokemon beat one million lions in a fight? Yeah. 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 No, I think the lions gods in Pokemon. I mean, but like, there's like, yeah. You have like that, that's Hyper That's a lot of lions, though. And... <laughs> but that's a lot I of lions. Like, lions. That's yeah. only like 800 Pokemon versus one million like, lions? Yeah, but you one have Gyarados. gods in there. <laughs> one Gyarados could easily take out like a hundred lions. Yeah. At least... Yeah, but then the hundred and first lion gets it. <laughs> but I feel like there are multiple Pokemon like that that could easily take out like a large swath of lions. What? Well, if the lions coordinate and use Roman tactics. <laughs> okay, are they hive mind lions or are they regular lions? <laughs> They're regular lions. Regular Just lions Just like are any lazy. normal lion, they know Roman tactics. They're are they male lions tactics. or female lions? Because if they're male lions, no, the Pokemon win every time. It just, it just says lions, you know? So maybe maybe, maybe both, 50, maybe neither. 50, yeah. Why do we have to impose a gender binary on the lions? Well, it's because male lions just are Just because of sexual dimorphism? Canonically. Canonically. Male lions are really lazy and they don't do much. The female lions are the ones who do all the hunting and everything. Right? What if they're motivated? Just like real life. <laughs> what if they're motivated to fight the, the Pokemon? I mean, like, you could say the same thing about the Pokemon. It's just like, Pokemon have AoE attacks, and they can take out a bunch of lions at once, 
and the lions will need multiple lions to take down one. Also, yeah, and also, Pokemon are actually but that's really, a lot really of lions. big. Yeah, because I was gonna say the the size factor too. Bigger like, target one, for the lions. One butterfree is like fucking three feet. What? Why? Is this I don't think wrong. that's right. <laughs> no, it is. is. Not... I thought it was something ridiculous, like three feet that wide. That might like, be right. Other ones are like are an inch wide. Fucking so I'm, huge. You know, Here's the thing, it's a million lions. One million lions. I feel one... like John really wants a specific a answer lions. and nobody else is agreeing with Well, that. the answer is <laughs> yeah. the lions. I think we're saying that, John, you're wrong, objectively. You've been outvoted. <laughs> oh the council God. has spoken. <laughs> Next, question. Next question. Next question. Next question. This one comes from Not My Pizza. And Not My Pizza asks uh, It's been a while since you did a music. Was it Music Monday or Music Wednesday? Music Monday. Why would it be Music Wednesday? I don't know. <laughs> For, it, no, it was Woozik Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, Woozik Wednesday. That's right. Uh, it's been a while since you did a Music Monday. What songs are you listening to? I'll go first. I've been listening to a lot of Yeehaw songs because I it's finished playing true. Red Dead 2 and I have a problem. It's a persistent Yeehaw problem. And uh, so I've been listening to a lot of folk or country or things with banjos in them you know i introduced nico to southern gothic and i think it's changing him as a person <laughs> not as much as red dead did but yeah yeah but i mean red <laughs> dead is already southern gothic <laughs> um lately i have been listening to a uh, little girl little girl gone by chinchilla quite a bit um, because things have been making me angry. So, mm. yeah. Need to get it out. <laughs> I have been listening to a lot of swing music recently because I took up swing dancing. And my current favorite band, because they are like an STL, like a St. Louis band, is um, Sweetie and the Toothaches. And my favorite song from them right now is Mama Don't Allow. It has like a bunch of solos from really good artists, uh, like a piano player, a drum player, all, all kinds of stuff like that. So Sweetie and the Toothaches, they're amazing. I just saw them live last night. It was awesome. I don't really music. <laughs> Make one up. Say it's Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Sure, the ABCs. There you go. Sounds <laughs> a banger, dude. <laughs> <laughs> My nieces love that one. <laughs> Well, but they don't remember all the letters <laughs> or they get bored halfway through the only time I kind of really listen to music is when Raina sends me a, a playlist you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> Raina keeps my music up to date ish next up we got a question from lasagna44 lasagna knows how to use a computer amazing <laughs> it's a sentient lasagna they ask what is something you would have liked to participate in as a player, but didn't make sense for your character? For example, the arena fight. Yeah, I think that was the one for me. I would have loved to fisty cuffs, but Kitty is a weak, weak little... <laughs> uh, not human. <laughs> I, I don't think I have a particular one, um, because Jem is awful and will push herself into any situation she can. So there's not very many where it's like it didn't 
she's so opportunistic that I don't think there's like many instances where she hasn't participated in something. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, for patches? Oh, jeez. I don't think that there's anything that he explicitly hasn't participated in. Um, honestly, I think he's participated in too many things by himself. Which is <laughs> something I'm going to try to do far less of uh, in, in the future. But um, something that does stick out to me is the first time he was there for a fight, I wasted like a whole turn signing papers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I was like, I made this character to be good at fighting. <laughs> and he's like, hold on, guys, I'm really good. I, I have a signature <laughs> that makes this really quick. I forgot that happened. <laughs> Anime Guy 23X writes, I'm not taking Do you have a favorite set of dice? <laughs> What'd you say, Raina? We're not answering this one? Yeah, I said we're not taking a question from him. <laughs> Get out of here, anime guy. I do think we also had an Instagram post of our favorite sets. Oh, I think we oh, did. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Find it on our Instagram. Not my pizza again Welcome asks, back. are there any episode names that weren't used that you really liked? Oh, I got one. so many. <laughs> easily, easily the favorite episode names that weren't used. Was I was a super missed opportunity. Was patches is hard and patches is wet <laughs> <laughs> as two subsequent titles. <laughs> Hold on, let me go look at the list again. <laughs> we have a lot of good ones we didn't use. <laughs> Hot rope sex. <laughs> <laughs> Behold Wet William was really, really strong. I also like behold everyone tweet at dot 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 because we said that a lot in one of the one shots. <laughs> yeah. There's so many. Behold Clown Detritus is always, I love that Classic. one. Classic, yeah. Behold Articulating Bear Toes. I'm really glad we didn't go with that one. <laughs> I'm 90% sure we didn't go with that one. Yes, we did not. <laughs> Here's one that I'm interested in. Uh, this one is by uh, Liminal Space returning once again. What was your first experience with D&D like? My first experience uh, was actually with my dad. Um, we played an old, it wasn't specifically D&D. It was called uh, Roll Masters. And it's an old, old RPG that uses D100s instead wow. of d20s um and it's built on checking tables uh, so everything has a table uh, and you have to you know check your role and also your whatever the heck and um i was not clever when i was younger so my character was just legolas they were named <laughs> legolas and they were legolas and then i asked Solid. him if I, could, if I could run another character so i made gimli and then I asked him if I could run another character, so I made Sam. <laughs> and then our, the campaign that he put my sister and I through was just the plot of the Dark Crystal. <laughs> we were just sort of ancillary characters to the Dark Crystal, <laughs> and I loved it. Uh, my first, my first D and D game was um, I had a friend 
who really loved D&D and was a, a, a very passionate DM. And we, me and a, a couple of my other, uh, a couple of other, I can speak today. <laughs> me and my friends. <laughs> um, we were all going to the same convention and in our downtime decided to play a D&D game. <laughs> We were very tired, but it was fun. <laughs> was that specifically D&D or was it a different system? It was D&D. It was uh, 5e D&D. Mm-hmm. And the highlight from that, um, <laughs> from that game, I remember very distinctly. We like went into some mines, we fought some stuff, and then like we came out with this weird object that like created a permanent fog around it and i was like i want to throw rocks at it and i broke it and it disabled the magical effect oh my god (laughs) so uh good job me (laughs) i had been watching critical role because of i was watching board games on geek and sundry and critical role was there at that time and they had a roll for shoes one shot on that channel and I was like oh this would be fun to play with people um and I played it at one of the parties Nico and sibling was hosting I did a zombie thing and I had three different endings set depending on what they did and they did something completely different so I had to make up a new ending (laughs) of course (laughs) <laughs> standard <laughs> yep yeah one of my first RPG experiences was a um, was a roll for shoes game that Nico sibling ran if I recall correctly and what is what is roll for shoes this is something I do not know <gasps> you don't know roll for shoes roll for shoes I is like not. the barest bone system like all you need are d6s yeah its title came because the, when they cr- the people who created the session, the very first game they ever played, the first thing somebody rolled for was to see if they had shoes on. So the the setting ended up being named Roll for Shoes. Uh, but it's seven rolls. Uh, it's like one of the easiest things to bring new people into RPGs into just because it is seven rules only. They only have to learn seven things. Mm-hmm. You only roll D6s. Yeah, you're not focused on the rules, and you're you can like it, throw them into the roleplay easier. Yeah, and it's super improvised, or it can be super improvised because of how simple it is. Okay, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, very very easygoing, very good for beginners. Um, and it was like a Dracula one shot, basically, like a Dracula based one shot. And I remember the highlight of. That particular one and highlighting my running streak of supporting women's wrongs, um, there was like essentially a body bag that was delivered to like the, like just placed on the carriage that the characters had. And everyone was like, oh my God, like, do we think there's really a body in there? And so my character was like, all right, I'm going to just look (laughs) and reached in (laughs) just everyone's reactions. It was like since everyone reacted so viscerally to that um and i just like was feeling the face of this corpse uh that was when i was like yeah you know i do love being the dark horse character i think (laughs) (laughs) just throwing everyone for a loop if i can (laughs) 
Hell yeah. Uh, let's go for another one. This one comes from Captain Squirrelface, and they ask, uh, which die is your favorite? D20, D6, D8, etc. I do love the D20, I have to say. But I love the round D20 is satisfying. (laughs) My favorite, technically speaking, in a standard set, it's probably a D12, and I don't have a reason for that. It's just a satisfying shape. But my favorite is my D16, because it was given to me by one of my best friends. (laughs) And it's just weird. It built weird. Oh, yeah, I remember your weird dice. (laughs) I also have, like, a really warped-ass D6, and I love that one, too. <laughs> but D12 is where it's at for me. I think I like the shape of a, a D8. Yeah, that's super fair. Pointy, but not too pointy, but not too boring to where it's just, you know... No, no offense yeah, not to like D6, a D6, but it's just a cube. Not like a ninja caltrop, like the D4? Yeah. I was gonna go D four. Too pointy. It gets its revenge when it needs to. (laughs) That's true. I have a metal D four, and I always make sure to have an eye on that thing. (laughs) Yeah. Next question. This one comes from Tickle Monster Nine Thousand again. Nice. We have. uh, If you could redo one moment in the campaign so far, what would it be? I'd want to find out what was going on with Beholder Mask Lady. Yeah. That's that's only because I have the hindsight of how much time Nico put into that. And really, I should have realized that at the moment. In in the moment. No, it's fine. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) that was probably something really interesting. But we were like, we're just trying to get paid and leave. (laughs) (laughs) I think I would have, yeah, wanted to question those people. I thought about it in the moment, but I was like, no, Kitty just wants to get out of there with the tablet she stole as yeah. soon as possible, mm. so that's why I did that. But, like, as a player, I really wanted to have somebody question them. By popular demand, I might have her return sooner rather than later, but, um... <gasps> yes! I think for how that, that, that whole party scene turned out, it was... I, I really enjoyed the way it turned out, because I had put a lot of possibilities in there... And you guys had picked up on uh, like a good number of them, so it was it was it was a good amount, in my opinion. That's always good. I, I definitely know the experience of like setting up something for your players, and then yeah. they don't notice any of it. Mm-hmm. I was very pleasantly surprised by um, you know when uh, Patches and Miki were upstairs eavesdropping. So I had a like a little table of the the gossip that you could hear, and. Uh, it was I had I rolled a d6 when you were uh, listening to the gossip and um, some of it was a lie some of it was um, irrelevant gossip that is true but to, to just like hoity-toity nobles and then there was like a, literally a one in six chance that you could hear the gossip <laughs> about the the Silkrana family and like you heard it which I was like wow wasn't expecting that. Yeah, when I heard that, I was like, literally that gif of um, of critical, <laughs> just being like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think 
if I had to redo something, it would, honest to God, be the fights. Uh, <laughs> the fights <laughs> during the Memphis Menace arc because it was just like having. I have a really bad habit of comparing myself to other people, and so like having gone first and then being like so pathetic and like a pathetic little meow meow, <laughs> and then coming back you know patches being directly after me and being just like totally epic and like all this stuff it was just it was very like embarrassing for me as a player (laughs) so it's hard to make combat like interesting in an only audio format Mm -hmm. for anyone that isn't part of the combat you know so Mm. i would not I would not be embarrassed by that. It is tough. It took me a long time to figure it out. Being a DM online is what made me good at it. Because mm-hmm. you have to engage people, you know? Yeah, which is fair. I'm just... I have two really bad habits. Or three, I guess. Um, I always compare myself to people. I have a lot of pride. And I'm easily embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like... It was just a really bad combination of things. But I'm always like... Whenever I had to hear that episode or like think about it, I'm just like... oh. It's like so cringe. <laughs> yeah, if I were to redo that, um, I would not throw two fireballs at John. That was a bit much. <laughs> Admittedly. Yeah, but now we That's have, right. now we have right. something to harangue you over for the rest of the campaign. <laughs> I think that that having Patches come back and be like welcomed was a more interesting angle anyway. Mm-hmm. I really did love that. Yes, I, I I felt so special. <laughs> you were like the crowd's favorite, so I was like, he, he, they gotta, they gotta, they're just gonna go feral when they see the Memphis Menace. It's Patrice's world, we just live in it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I've got three questions left. Um, and the first one is from my name, Jeffrey Dahmer, and that's a bad name. Uh... <laughs> If your character could be someone else for a day, who would they choose? Yeah, like within the party or like just in general? Just anyone. It just says any, just someone else. Anyone who they are aware of. Like I, I can't just say Patches would be Barack Obama. He doesn't know who that is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Honestly, He's probably not in Eberron. I do think just out of spite, Jem would want to be Lee for a day. <laughs> <laughs> she could get up to so much trouble in 24 hours <laughs> oh man who would patches want to be that's really tough I, I don't know that I have a good answer for that um maybe he would want to be you know what I think he might want to be I think he might want to be I, I have two answers one is uh Bernie uh, his his compatriot just to see like how he's doing mm-hmm. and how the kid that he's protecting is doing and the other might be Miki just to see what it's like to have those visions and stuff so he knows how to handle them better when she has them mm-hmm. both of them are basically attempts at empathy oh mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I think Kitty would go patches one just because oh this is what it's like to be strong. This and another would like. be also, dry. <laughs> yeah. And then another would be like, how do I work? <laughs> Let me figure out the internals being the actual Warforge. I think Adrazen would also want to be Patches because I feel like 
Pat just has the confidence that a Drazen sorely lacks. Yeah, yeah. That and also, like, I feel like out of everyone, a Drazen respects patches the most. Not fears, respects. There is a difference, and it's very important in this group. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Our penultimate question is from Big Steve. Uh, Big Steve asks, Has there been a moment where you wanted to give your input into a situation, but knew it would be too meta to have your character think that way? I mean, we just had a moment uh, in our most recent episode where I literally accidentally meta and then I was, and then you guys were like, it's fine, like, you could use it, like, we'll just assume, and I was like, no, I can't! <laughs> but other than that, I think, like, I can find the reasoning in most things, so, you know, I, I never think it's, like, super meta to reason in one way or another, uh, so I don't think there's ever been like a moment where I'm like, oh, but that's too meta. I can't do that. <laughs> I think the closest I've come is I have uh, I've read like the Ebron core book, uh, so I I do know some stuff about like dragon marked houses and stuff. Mm. But not all of that lore is being used in our version of Eberron, and so I've definitely referenced it and then had Nico be like, uh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Because there are some things in the Emerald lore where I am just using it from the book, but there are other things that I, uh, you know, have read once and forgotten about because I haven't used it and I don't plan on it, so. Yes. it Mainly it's like knowledge of dragon-marked houses. Um, I, I'm, I've i made choices that I probably would not have made had Patches known more about the dragon-marked houses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't off the top of my head remember a situation where I was like, man, I really wish Kitty were a part of that. Um, like, even when Patches and Jem went off to go find the people in the mine, like, Kitty made a big stink about being left behind, but Elaine was like, it makes sense, like, Kitty wouldn't be able to do much anyways. Mm-hmm. And Kitty's not trusted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think all of us are kind of like, are you surprised genuinely that you're not allowed out of jail? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, I... even if Kitty would have made a big stink as a player I'm like yeah it makes sense um, and I don't want to like weasel my way into things right mm-hmm. well I kind of do selfishly but like <laughs> I mean yeah that's part of the game you know yeah. is being involved being <laughs> so nosy yeah mm. Mm. <laughs> you think therefore you are This question might get edited out because it's not a good one. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't really have a good one there. We're not really like meta gamers anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we're all very like keenly aware of this is what we know, this is what we don't know. And you know, yeah, you guys have been pretty good about. Yeah, even um, if we do slip up, we go, oh wait, no, they wouldn't know that. So like, because there was a lot of points in the game in which certain character things were revealed to some people but not others and you guys have been pretty good about that mm-hmm. yeah and I'm i think so the most metagamey thing i think the most metagamey thing i did was when i was like hoo-hoo mention ladrill hoo-hoo but, <laughs> like i'm sure even if i didn't somebody would have bought ladrill up yeah. anyways i think the most like metagaming that we've done it hasn't been for like story reasons it's just been for bits yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
And honestly, I respect that. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's that forgivable. Will allow. <laughs> Our last question comes from Sir Pantsalot. It's not really a question. It just says, please compliment Nico as the DM for me. Nico! I'll go first. I'm great. <laughs> Period. Right. Full stop. <laughs> I think you are so good at creating situations that are just filled with toys for us to play with. <laughs> that I is think... what I try to do all the time. <laughs> yes, yes. There is some... Uh, uh, what's what's the word? Sometimes there's like a certain way that you want us to go and like solution you want us to find. But I think you as a DM really shine when you just give us some stuff to play with and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite moments. <laughs> like the party, I think was one of some of your best work. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, like I'm a very despite how I present I'm a very like subdued sort of person like I don't you know I don't get excited very much I don't like uh, like look forward to a lot of things I've never been more like in a chokehold than I have been during this campaign because I'm always like that's why I'm always like pushing like can we record again like like find a way to squeeze it in especially because Elaine's going on vacation but like I am look I always look forward to our sessions and I have so much fun and like the story's compelling and I think it's you know developing in a very natural way um and I just honestly from writer to writer I'm amazed by your brain and how you're coming up with everything so like huge props to you because it's a massive undertaking Thank you, thank you. Not only are you, like, planning things out ahead of time for us, because I know you got your, like, stupid 600-page document, <laughs> um, but I feel like you roll It's very with... well organized. <laughs> you roll with all of the random things that we throw at you every session. Mm-hmm. Super well. I'm here for it. I'm here for the chaos, and um, I... It's it's always a lot of fun with everyone. And what is D and D if not your players constantly throwing you off your game with uh, things that you weren't expecting? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's all we have for this episode special. Um, let us know what you think. Do you want more like this? Should we do this again? Should we do something else? I feel like. We struggled enough with 25 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in, in probably the future, there will be more things to talk about and also more um, things that I as the DM can reveal since it's like over with, um, potentially. So, yeah. yeah. See you all in another 25. <laughs> Hey, you made it through the episode 25 special. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the podcast, check us out on Instagram at Beholding Out for a Hero, all one word, or interact on your podcast platform of choice to help us get a little bump in the algorithm to reach some more ears. Or even tell your friends about us. 
your own D&D party, people who are interested in, you know, amusing hijinks. We also want to thank Wizards of the Coast for creating the framework of Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, and Keith Baker for creating Eberron, as that's where our main campaign takes place. The Holding Out for a Hero releases bi-weekly, and you can find us pretty much wherever podcasts are found. We'll see you back here in two weeks for episode 26, where we'll get back on the main track. Which is still the sidetrack 